And we're back here live at C2 Montreal. My name is Chris Denson. I'm the host of Innovation Crush, an interview series that focuses on innovators and people doing smart things and creative things and innovative things. Um, and today in that spirit, I'm joined by Phil, AKA Philip, AKA Phil Thomas, PT. Phil T. No, I'm just, what, so, say hello, Phil. Hello, I'm, I'm hi. Nice to meet you, Chris. Great. Um, so let's 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 talk a little bit. We uh, we started off in this conversation a little bit about an ascendant. Uh, experience expert, which may or may not be 100% accurate, but I would love to like that taking that idea of ascendance and what does that mean, especially in your perspective uh, and what you do on a day-to-day -day basis. Well, what we try and do, I mean, we run events a little bit like C2. I think C2 is a fantastic uh, creative event. The immersive experience that you get when you arrive here is really, really, really special. So we run large-scale events all over the world. Um, in different sectors. So we're in the marketing communications creativity sector with Can Lions. We run Money 2020, which is a fintech innovation event. Right. Um, and we've got a lovely event in London about education technology, which is a very interesting subject. So what most of the things that we do are based upon industries that are changing very quickly. That's great. Um, so you have been the CEO of, of uh, Can Lion for 10 years. That's Tim, right. uh, happy anniversary. Thank you. Did you do anything for the 10-year the ten anniversary? They gave me a lion, actually. They oh, a real-life lion. You're like, yeah, no, it's no. the only one I'm going <laughs> to... Uh, there's no way I'm going to ever win a lion, so they gave me a nice... No, you're, you're a winner here. Um, but let's talk about that. I mean, as far as like an event like that or an event like C2, you know, I think... Your central customer is the attendee. I'm going to extrapolate for myself there and say that. Um, is that true? And like, how do you think about the experience you want that attendee or that stakeholder to have in an event like that? It's a great question. There's a couple of things happening, I think. One is that people have less time than ever, but there are also more events than ever. So I think what's going to happen is people, it's going to be a consolidation where people are making a decision, which are the big tentpole events I'm going to go to. Right. So in, 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 say, a marketer's world, they will go to CES. They may go to South by, it depends. They'll come to Cannes. And more or less, that's all they've got time for in a whole year. So you've got to make sure that what you're providing for them is, is a, an experience that really ticks the boxes of why they're coming there. And people come to events to network and meet right. new people. So you've got to try and facilitate that, preferably using digital, which is a whole other, other conversation. <laughs> um, you've got to give them some inspiration. So right. what are those speakers like? Are they good on stage? Are they, are they teaching you anything? That's so important. Right. Um, and then you've got to kind of try and give them, if, if you're in the world that we're in, you've got to try and give them some kind of inspiration so they feel inspired when they're leaving. And if you can tick those boxes, you're kind of doing, doing your job. I think along those lines, there's a definite distinction between an event and a brand, right? Like the, the can lines is a brand as is money 2020 as a C2. And it's not like, oh, there's a thing happening down the street. You know, um, how do you go about approaching developing a brand and, and re really providing an experience, like you said, versus, you know, not yeah. <laughs> underselling yourself? No, that's a great question. I think with something like Can Lions and Money 2020, yes, it's an event, so the big part of it is an event, but we're very clear on what the purpose of what we do is and what, what our position in the world is. So the reason that Can Lions is a brand is because not because it's an event in Can every year, but because it's about how creativity can drive business success right. and how creativity can change the world. Right? So we believe creativity drives business and can be a force for good in the world. And that's kind of like an overarching sure. belief. And that, that creates that 
ultimately creates the brand. It helps that it's 64 years old, by the way. Um, and then with Money 2020, you know, what is it about? Is it about fintech? Is it about banking? What's it about? It's really about the future of money, mm. which is a huge subject of great interest to a lot of people. I think, you know, even like in the marketing and consulting world, you think about like getting down to the why, right? You're getting down to a real core story of why these people are gathered there. And that's great. Um, also think about this idea that every year, especially for a canner, especially for a C2, it's like, we need to outdo ourselves from last year. Um, how do you handle that pressure <laughs> in a way that doesn't drive you crazy? Well, I think, uh, you know, this, the subject of the podcast is innovation. And one thing that we do is we try and innovate every year. So we want there to be something new for people to experience every year, something that they didn't expect, a, a development of the of, of the kind of experience and it's really important that you do that because if people come back to an event and it feels the same as it did the previous year they, they're not going to be happy so so it's very important that you you're providing that kind of innovation and difference every year yeah and, and that that's a big part of what we try and do um so give me an example of i don't know just one one example of of those types of innovations you know what, what are one what's the central trophy piece aside from your your own line um that you're proud of and you're like okay that from one year to the next we outdid ourselves in a really great way well what we did so if you take can lines as an example sure. so can lines started off as an advertising festival it was largely for advertising people and clients and then when we looked at what was happening in the ecosystem we could see that a number of things were changing so the first thing that was changing was ad tech was coming in and data was being used and uh, technology was changing the industry. So we created a platform within CanLines called Lines Innovation, which is just about those subjects. A couple of years later, we had a look and we saw that entertainment was changing the whole of the ecosystem. Entertainment now is a huge part of what marketers are trying to create. Truly. And so we created a platform called Lions Entertainment where people can come and talk about that specific subject. So we're fortunate in a way that the industries we serve are in turmoil because they're changing <laughs> and we can true. adapt to that change. Yeah. It allows us to innovate. What sort of like what sort of data points do you have? Because I would imagine like you know the people that are coming back every year after year, you're getting your feedback, you're getting your qualitative, you're getting your quantitative like and you have to sift through all that every year. Like we know what was tried and true. And we also know we need to experiment and re reinvigorate. But like, what, how do you look at the data sets to inform the decisions that you make? Well, we, we divide it up by the cohorts. So what industry are they in? So what are the clients saying about us? What are the advertising people saying about us? What are the platforms saying about us? So we, so we look at it like that. And then we look at it, how long have they been with us? So what do our... What do our returning customers think right. about us compared to new customers? And that's very important because one of the challenges we've got, I think, in common with any brand that's growing is um, we've got a very loyal, you know, there are people who've been to Cannes for 25 years. Right. And they, you know, they remember what it was like when it was much smaller. And we've got to keep them very, very happy. Those are always the people that like almost complain the most. They're yeah, like, they no, you, you guys complain. used to have the, they you're like, well, of course we used to, we've grown. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> got it in one. So they complain the most, but that's fine because we need to listen to them. Sure. Um, because they're the heart of what we do. But we've got to then grow um, with their permission, I suppose you could say. That's great. Um, why are you the guy? You know, you're the, you're the CEO, you know, you're running these different events. It, it requires vision, but it also requires, you know, um, uh, motivation, like being able to motivate a team and get people on board with the, that vision, translate what the vision is, yeah. and vice versa, and be receptive. Like, what's your kind of superpower when you look at your role in, in, in these events? 
Um, I think I think that's right. I think there needs to be a balance. You've got to be able to sort of set a strategy, but you've also got to be prepared to really go into the detail. The thing about event planning is that it is all about the detail. Um, but I don't think it's about motivation. I, I, we, I recently heard a speech from a very successful Olympic athlete, and she was asked about her motivation. How do you motivate yourself on a wet Wednesday morning? How do you do that? And she said she doesn't like the word motivation. She likes the word commitment. And if you are committed in what you do, you're ticking three boxes. The first box is you're respecting people who are around you because you're not going to let them down if you're really committed. Right. You will. You are more likely to be successful. And in fact, it may be the only way to be successful if you're truly committed. Like there's no way out for me right now. Yeah. Like I, I'm here. Exactly. I'm stuck. Yeah. And then, and then the final thing is, I think it's about self-respect. You know, if you're if you're not committed to what you're doing, what's that saying about how you spend your time? I think it's saying that you're wasting your time, and that's not respecting yourself. Yeah. So I love that whole thing about commitment. Um, no, it's, it's a great point, it's, and I, I love that you focus on the individual, right? The, especially when you think about a team. I don't know how many people it takes to put these events together, but there are lots, right? Yeah. Uh, a lot of black T-shirts. Um, but you know, how do you balance that individual motivation with what the event needs to be, right? It's, you know, and that's the, that's a, a key distinction, I think. You've got to try with a big, large-scale event. You've got to try and make sure that absolutely everybody is. Um, focused on the excellence of what they're currently doing. So, so uh, for instance, uh, I've got this obsession with being on time. So if we have meetings in the office... And thank you for being on time today. No, that's fine. Yeah. But if we have a meeting in the office, <laughs> starts at 10 a.m., right. we start at 10 a.m., nothing will change that. And one of the reasons is because culturally, if you're running an event, everything's got to run on time. You know, Bill Clinton is going to walk out on stage at Can Lions at 10 a.m. We better be ready for right. guys. So let's practice so, now. Yeah. Let's, let's. So it's, it's about that whole cultural thing. Um, you've got a lot of stakeholders, right? You've got brands that come on board and sponsors and a Bill Clinton and T. Like, you have to listen to a lot of people and also be you know, kind of put your foot down from time to time. How do you balance out the, you know, the desires of the stakeholders versus what you really want to do? Because I know a brand is going to say, hey, we want to do like a, a suspended yeah. drink fountain. And you're like, we don't, we don't do that. That's a really great question. Um, everybody's got a, an opinion about something as big as can lions. Everybody has got an opinion about that. Ultimately, you've got to listen to those opinions and then you've got to effectively do what you believe is right because ultimately somebody's got to make the call and somebody's got to decide this is, this is the right thing and that's the wrong thing. Um, and the way that we do that is that we, we look at it through a lens of... Um, of our brand values. Our brand values are very clear. You know, we try right. to premium, we try to provide certain things for our audience. And if those things are commensurate with our brand values, then it's the right thing to do. And if they're not, then we will not do it. So I've found that the only way to manage a brand is to be really ruthless. So, for instance, one of our brand values... Is that the word I expected? Well, ruthless no, but, is yeah, powerful, I mean, though. You've got to be... So, one of our brand values at Can Lions is neutrality, right? So, because if people don't believe that the, that the lions are given out in a fair way, we haven't got a business, right. right? So, therefore, if anybody wants to do anything that undermines that neutrality, then we just say no. Uh, there's an interesting quote from another guest of mine, Orlando Jones, who said, uh, we're all fans, right? We all started off as fans. We saw something that made us go, I want to do that, right? What, 
are you a fan of? You know, what made you become a CEO in this arena? And like, that's what I want to do. Well, I just like, I like creativity. I know it's a basic thing, but I didn't go to university. I went to art college. I did photography. I was a writer for a long time. I was an editor, uh, a magazine editor for a long time. So what I like about what I do is I like to create something that you can actually see. You know, I like taking photographs. I like writing articles. I like right. creating events that you can actually see. So it feels like you're, you, you've got an outcome to what you're doing. So I think that's what turns me on. That's brilliant. Um, when you think about this idea of ecosystems, right? Every event is an ecosystem. Even like arranging your schedule around when you focus on which event at what time is an ecosystem in and of itself. But I won't define it for you. I would love for you to kind of give me the, the, the Phil Thomas definition of an ecosystem. I suppose an ecosystem is the, is the structure of the industry that you're serving. So in our particular case, uh, if you take the fintech, the financial technology industry, there are startups, there are big banks, there are um, middle players, there are regulators, there are all these different kinds of people. Right. And the strongest events, and I think C2 is a good example of this, is the strongest events of those that are made up of people that want to make connections and they want to collaborate. Right. And that's not actually true in all industries, right? <laughs> it's not true in all industries. Hmm. But if you look at particularly the fintech industry, my God, they just really want to collaborate. So therefore, if you create a platform for them where they can come together, that whole ecosystem right. can come together, then good things come out of it. Is year-round engagement important? And if so, how does it manifest? It's a balancing act. So, um, you know, we, we, you've got to be careful of saying, you know, we're going to have year-round engagement. We're going to have podcasts like this. We're going to push out content. We're going to be... Because you've got to sometimes admit we, are, we run an event. Let's right. just be honest, we run an event. But I think with big brands, uh, you've got the opportunity to um, shape the conversation over a longer period of time. Right. There's a long time between years... I mean, the world changes massively. Yeah, exactly. Especially now. Yeah. God, it's speed, speed of change. <laughs> so you get that opportunity to uh, talk about the changes in the industry and frame the conversation throughout the year. So we use that through, we've got obviously digital platforms and various other ways of communicating with our... I think the, I think the fire Festival should, should have hired you. That that would have been great. The, yeah. the one in the Bahamas that, that uh, oh, tanked. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they they need they need your expertise or, yeah. or needed. Um, no, it's it, what events have you been to aside from C two that you're just purely like I loved it when I went there. I'm sure you get invited to a few, but what's what's on your radar? You go like, oh my gosh, that's pretty awesome. There's um, I, I'm not just saying this, but I do think C two is one of the best that I've ever been to, and the reason I say that is because. Uh, of the effort that's been put into the visual experience when you walk in. Right. You go to a lot of events, and my God, they are so boring. I mean, no effort has been made right. whatsoever to, to create that experiential feeling that you get when you walk into C2. So somebody told me, I, I've been meaning to come f for a while because I know the guys at Sidley really well, and they've been inviting me for a while. And then somebody said to me, you've got to go to C2. It's one of the best events in the world. Yeah. So I thought, shit, I better go and see it then. <laughs> I thought I run good events. So, it's, so yeah, I honestly think this is one of the best I've seen. Uh, a couple more questions as we, as we wind down. Um, uh, 
you get a lot of inputs. There's things you can do every year for any of these events. There's going to be artificial intelligence you can add, or do we want to have a robot? What kind of how, what's the filtering process? Because there's going to be a hundred ideas on a whiteboard, and then you have to get down to that ten or whatever the, the sweet spot is. Um, what kind of considerations are you making in that decision-making process? It all really boils down to what do the audience want. Right. So it can. It's a, a you know we, we get a lot of people uh, that people bring speakers to can. So we don't build the program. People say, can we be on stage? And this is the speaker we'd like to bring. And we're very fortunate because we've got a lot of choice. Um, and they want to bring Hollywood stars. They want to bring musicians. And that's all fine. Right. But we know from our research that ultimately, while that's sexy and stardusty, our audience is in the business. They're in the business. So it's great to see Will Smith on stage, and that's all great. But actually, what they're really interested in is how, how can I get better at what I do? What do I need to learn about? And so we have to, you have to balance the program <clears throat> to make sure you're really delivering exactly what the customers want. That is hard. It's, right. You know, you don't always of get course. it right. But, but that's the lens that you really have to, uh, you have to be focused on. Well, that's great, man. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming in and spending time with us. This You're very welcome. It's been Thanks fantastic. So Where can much. people find you? Do, you? do you tweet? Do you Instagram? I'm on Twitter. Are you on Snapchat? I'm at Phil Thomas on Twitter. At Phil Thomas. Yeah. So um, by all means, follow me um, if you'd like to. <laughs> I will do so personally. <laughs> uh, all right, guys. Thank you. We'll be back with some other interviews pretty soon.